I'm Chad Rutherman. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And welcome to No Clip Pocket, the art of childhood. Today, we're going to be talking about The Unfinished Swan, which was a game that was developed by Giant Sparrow and Sony Computer Entertainment Santa Monica, uh, and was released in 2012 on the PlayStation 3, and then on PS4 and Vita in 2014. So... The Unfinished Swan is a sort of puzzly walking simulator game, uh, adding to the laundry list of puzzly walking <laughs> simulator games that we've talked about. Uh, and the developer, Giant Sparrow, is also the company who's behind uh, What Remains of Edith Finch, uh, which is kind of what made us like want to go back to this one. Yeah. I think it's interesting that you describe it as a walking sim because I didn't think of it that way while I was playing it. Do you think of it that way now? No, not really. (laughs) It feels more just like a narrative puzzle game to me. Yeah. But, I mean, that's a totally fair observation. I just hadn't thought of it that way. I think it's kind of subjective because walking simulator is such a loosely defined genre. Uh, it's probably best described as like a subgenre of adventure games anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this one has a lot more interaction, which I can see kind of putting it outside of the realm. Yeah, of it's it. a lot more like mechanical, if yeah. that's a good way to describe it. <laughs> There's like a puzzle mechanic that you're using to interact with the environment right. throughout. Yeah, and I think what makes me think of it in that way is that the game is very much based on its presentation more than anything else. It's mechanical hook, uh, the ability to throw balls of paint uh, or water in a couple levels, Mm -hmm. uh, defines sort of how you interact with the world. Um, And while what it is is like a visibility-based mechanic... In, it does solve puzzles there, like physics puzzles to do, um, and a few navigational things. But, like, the first chapter of this game, I feel like, falls more as a walking simulator, and then it becomes more of a puzzle game as it moves on. I would agree with that. Um, I really love the the premise um, of the initial like opening area, where it is just a completely white area... Um, and then you throw paint to reveal that there's actually stuff right. around you. So you had to use the paint to like reveal the environment and find the path forward. And I thought that's what the whole game was going to be. I didn't know that it, it changed up its mechanics in the way that it does. And I found that to be strangely disappointing. Yep. I don't know <laughs> if I'm alone in that, but... uh because this is like a smaller budget, more indie-ish thing, even though it was produced by Sony. Um, I expected that more like indie laser focused kind of thing and was surprised that it deviated the way that it did. Yeah. I I get the impression that either this is factual or this is what the developers thought, but uh, that if it was focused entirely on that like first level reveal the environment then walk through the environment the game would have to be a lot shorter um because that would get already by the end of the first chapter i was kind of like man should have been throwing a lot of balls and not doing a whole lot else uh and the things that string you along 
like once you're used to the way that the game plays is more the narrative like the 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 narrated story segments that come up when you find those letters on the wall and i don't know like i thought it was cool um and i thought it was interesting but they start deviating very quickly and some of the deviations are more successful than others and that's kind of going to weigh on how i perceive this game as a whole yeah same here um the second variation that you come across is you throw water mm-hmm. instead of paint and i thought it was blue paint for the longest time and didn't realize it was water till you started using it to make plants grow right um but i felt like that was pretty hit and miss for me yeah like it... the second part and it's probably the longest part too um it wasn't bad or anything it's just like i don't know it was just kind of like in the middle you know like it never really wowed me it was never boring either you know yeah i i want to push back on that a little bit and say that it was bad the (laughs) the bad part for me was the plants i feel like they were it they were so mushy as a mechanic in as much that they didn't feel like they were doing anything they were either too frustrating or entirely too automatic with what they did like it didn't feel like i was solving a puzzle during the plant segments it felt like i was just like following a path and like throwing the water to grow them up vine or up walls and stuff so you can climb on the vines like you could climb more or less the walls without the plants like if as long as there were plants like near ish to it Mm -hmm. because they didn't want it to be like really punishing because, like, ladder climbing mechanics are weird in games a lot of the time. First-person ones. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, especially, yeah, because you can, like, turn all the way around. There's a segment where you're, like, hanging on a bridge, uh, and you can just, like, swivel in a full sphere, and it just, like, imagining that in the the context of the game is, like, absurd, and Mm -hmm. they just kind of hope you don't think about it. Yeah, it didn't... The plant thing didn't really bother me as much, but it did feel like a thing you had to babysit. Mm-hmm. Like, you just as you go along, you just have to, like, throw the water all around to, like, make sure you get the plants to come with you. And I, and I agree, it doesn't really feel like you're doing a puzzle, like, at least, like, 50% of the time you're yeah. interacting with the plants. Yeah, it's just a little strange. Uh, plus, like, that area is really well defined. Like, they describe it as being uh, him drawing the shadows, of the objects like the king drawing the shadows Mm -hmm. of the objects but that entire area is just sort of like a very polygonal blocky terrain city Mm, city, yeah like it's not it it loses the charm that is found in the first and third parts of the game where everything's a little bit more abstract and it depends a lot more on what you do Mm -hmm. i just i don't know the the whole city segment sort of fell down for me like as far as everything went there was a bit about the residents of the city pooping in the king's pottery which (laughs) i love that they decided that needed to be told (laughs) so there's the one the shining um uh outline on that one is very important um okay So, in this game, you play as a character whose name is Monroe. 
right? Mm-hmm. And you're a child whose mother has died, presumably. Um, I think so. It's not like outright stated, but like that's the assumption you make. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're left with a magic paintbrush, which is the thing that's going to allow you to do all the stuff that you do in the game. But the first thing that you do is you go into this white area through a painting of a swan that just like the the swan itself just sort of vanished. Um, and so the narrative is pretty like straightforward and storybooky, but I think that it works really well, um, largely due to how good the voice talent is. It just weirdly includes Terry Gilliam mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> in it as well, just at the end. Uh which that then sounds like the thing that the Sony production helped get. Yep. Uh but yeah, it's very it's it's very like sweet and cool. Um but I don't know, I don't think it was all that deep. But maybe I'm misreading it. I don't know. No, I think it's more just supposed to be like a symbolic thing or like a it's like an emotional story that you're kind of just supposed to connect with on a personal level. And not so much like a really good, engaging, like exciting narrative, you know? Right. Yeah, no, I was definitely not thrilled, but I that is very clearly not the game's yeah, option. Or yeah, the kind of thing you're supposed to like objective. chew on. Yeah. Which works well in an indie puzzle game. I agree. Uh, uh, so one just random uh, note that I have that I wanted to bring up is... The premise of this reminds me a little bit of Epic Mickey, if you remember that game. <laughs> I remember it. I never uh, played it. With that, uh, well, I, I almost kind of want to do it for the podcast one day, but because um, it's very weird that it exists. But uh, you had this paint mechanic where you would paint things to restore them, or you also had paint thinner to like get rid of them, and you could like charm enemies with the paint and make them good, or kill them with the paint thinner and stuff like that. Um, and I just, it just, the paint mechanics in this, like the idea, like how you've started out with the paint revealing stuff and then you had the water in the second part. I thought they were going to take that, uh, angle with it where like the water would make the paint go away and there was going to be like an addition subtraction mechanic, but they don't go that route. No. Yeah. That is actually kind of a, an odd thing. Like there's the the theme of the the narrative of the the story is like your both the king and your mom uh have a tendency to start things and then not finish them as like the go-to sort of that's the explanation for everything that it like the swan was unfinished all that shit mm-hmm. and yeah when i got the first in the first level when you have black paint and you're creating with it essentially i thought that there would be a separate thing to take things away and they would somehow play into the narrative conceit of the unfinishedness Mm -hmm. by taking parts out of complete things and then using that to solve puzzles and was a little bit disappointed when the water is just like paint that doesn't stick around and fuck up the environment yeah 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 it it feels like they the concept kind of stops at that first level where you're going through it and you throw the paint and you're not going to completely cover the whole place in paint unless you take that as a challenge to yourself. Um, <laughs> that would also make it impossible. It would be impossible to navigate yeah. it would be all black. But um, 
and you're going to leave the area unfinished, like the idea of the game. Um, but like, as I said, it stops after the first level, like Mm -hmm. that you don't really go back to that idea of painting stuff, the rest of the game. So that kind of falls a little flat and I should have looked up the name of the game. I might do that. Splatoon. Yeah. Yeah. No, that the game where you, you shoot like the radar. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And it like makes the whole, and and it, it reveals the environment to you in like these little dots. Um, and you go through the whole game doing that and you use it to navigate through it. And then once you get to the end, it shows you the whole game map and like what you revealed of it. And I kind of expected this game to do something similar. Yeah, it even has this like to show you what you made and how it isn't finished and yeah, like the, the, it has an opportunity to do this at the end where you revisit the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. But it does show it, but it's a preset pattern. It oh, isn't is the it? Thing that you actually because oh. I was looking for it when you got there. Lame. Yeah. Uh, it yeah, it's a little upsetting. I don't know. Uh. It's missed I, opportunity. Yeah, I, speaking of missed opportunities, uh, even within the first level, which I generally like, uh, there's a sequence with a, what do you want to call it? Like a, a labyrinth. There's like a maze part. Yeah. And the maze is essentially three turns and then you get to the end. And it's not particularly difficult to like suss out exactly how you're supposed to do it. But with the paint mechanic, you have this beautiful like breadcrumb trail idea that you could that they could have done something they could have been an actual maze that was a li- just a little bit harder than the one that was in there mm-hmm. uh, because they give you the tools to sort of mark your path yeah and that sort of thing feels really good for like secrets mm-hmm. you know like you put a harder maze off the beaten path that you're rewarded for I don't know, with some balloons, like the <laughs> the collectible in this game. Well, that was kind of my question about those, is the balloons as a collectible are not the best. Because I, I feel, I like the end result when you collect enough balloons, you can buy like modifiers to do different things with the game. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. And I kind of wish that some of them were easier to get. Um, because... Just like unlockable, like as you're playing and you don't have to go buy them in a menu. Right. <laughs> well, not even that. Like I'm okay with it. I'm even okay with the ones that are locked until you complete the game. But there are ones that are locked until you find all the balloons. And the price is really high on some of them and really like blocks you. If you want some of the, the cooler stuff, there's other cool stuff that you just have to leave mm-hmm. out. Um I don't know. It it I wish that the collectibles in the game were more narrative centric. Like something that gave you more backstory on the kid or his mom or the king or anybody. Uh fuck the swan. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> and uh I wish that they were that the stuff that you got from them was easier to get and play with because they're cool, they're interesting modifiers on the game, and once you've beaten the game it doesn't really matter what you have access to because you're already done so mm-hmm. i don't know i just thought there's a slight missed opportunity there also i thought the balloon found pop-up was way too big but that's like a <laughs> that's a really weird mm-hmm. point yeah i sympathize with that 
I I almost think it would warrant its own separate collectible, like a, something that gives you backstory right. if you find it. Like that could be hidden a little bit better. Um, but yeah, my problem with the balloons is just that yeah, the, the rewards aren't readily accessible like in the game. Like you have to stop playing it, and it's so short that you're probably just gonna beat it before you ever even look at them. So you would really only ever use them if you played it a second time. Yeah. Which, I mean, the game is short enough to justify playing a little bit more of it. Mm -hmm. But it's not like... It doesn't, like, there's not a bunch of stuff to re-uncover. It's just getting those balloons. Mm -hmm. And, I don't know, it just... Doesn't and one of the the unlockables is even like a balloon radar that alerts you if you're close to a balloon, and that feels also kind of bad. Like it, <laughs> it needs some other kind of reward slash incentive for the balloons. I think is what we're. Uh... Yeah, that's what we're getting. At. Yeah, and the game that you were referring to before is called Scanner Sombra. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which took me altogether too long to find. Yeah, way too long to find. Yeah. Uh, it is a very cool game. Actually, yeah, it's like the first level of this game extrapolated into to a its, whole game. Yeah. Yeah, like it's full extreme. Um, okay, do you want to talk about the darkness parks? It's the last, like, re- well, yes, because that one, I, I was confused. Sorry. <laughs> The darkness part leads into, because you get the water again, but then there are also the blueprint segments where you actually mm-hmm. get to make stuff. Yeah, I liked navigating the dark areas. Like, I thought that was fun, but, like, you didn't really interact with it by throwing paint or water, right. really. Uh, I thought it felt like it was missing that kind of an element, like a, a way to throw a variety of paint at the darkness to interact with it. Mm -hmm. So that felt a little bit weird, but I did like exploring it. And then I feel like the platform creating (laughs) blobs uh, seem kind of shoehorned in there. It feels like the idea for a different game that they just kind of put in this one (laughs) because they could make it work with the mechanics they already had set up. Yeah, because the way that it's it's done... Uh, and we'll come back to the darkness bit in a bit because I think that you're correct and don't have a ton to add to it. Mm-hmm. But uh, the the platform creation part is done in a really unintuitive, not user friendly kind of way, where you kind like you point at a thing and then you click you click it, mm-hmm. but to click it you also have to throw the paint at it, so it tells you where it's gonna be. And all of that, but like it just feels like it's really clunky. Like there's so many steps to doing something that could have been a lot easier if the game was built around it. So it does feel shoehorned in because it doesn't feel like it's this game, and the mechanics in this game are simple enough that you could map like anything onto it. And choosing this just felt strange. I like the ideas mm-hmm. of like making things in the blueprint world and then coming back to the real world because it mimics sort of like the drawing into real life that mm-hmm. like they the characters yeah, in the story and the do. blueprints are unfinished so you add to them yeah yeah no, left I, out the floor yeah that's an oversight 
lady. not a very good a- architect. <laughs> um, but now I actually didn't have a problem with how it controlled. Um, maybe it just kind of clicked with me. It just it came so late mm-hmm. in the game, and they barely did anything with it, and then it was over. It was kind of like the thing that fell a little flat for me. But no, yeah, that theming is strong though with the blueprints to real world part. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting because the the game explicitly says that you have a paintbrush and you're given a paintbrush, at the, a, a different magic paintbrush at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And the and drawing with a paintbrush is like a thing that you can do. And yet they choose to have you interact by making geometric squares with blobs <laughs> of paint. Uh, it just, it feels like something like... Uh, the what's the like weird art the 3d pen art tool thing that's like a vr game oh i don't remember but i know what you're talking about yeah which controls with you can use the the dual shock for that kind of thing and like it, it feels like it it had the possibility to to be done mm-hmm. with like a more intuitive drawing thing that's really yeah. my issue like it's not that it feels hard to use it just feels clunky and awkward like it's it's something that you know what you're doing but you hate how long it takes. it's like mm-hmm. using microsoft word to do anything <laughs> That's well, actually probably yeah. a bad comparison, more like Excel. <laughs> yeah. Well, I agree with the dunks on Microsoft Office products. Uh, <laughs> I didn't. That wasn't really my experience, but this is just personal hair yeah, splitting yeah. stuff. That doesn't really matter. Um, but I think it it they went with a more like representative um, way of doing the mechanic, where mm-hmm. you you click a point, you click another point, and then you click a third time to make it come out. Whereas it would have been more interesting to have it be more representative of you actually drawing or painting an object. Yeah. So I do agree with that, hundred percent. Right. Uh, yeah, I didn't want them. To, I didn't want you to have to like AutoCAD uh, <laughs> <laughs> objects into the world. Um, but yeah, so that one's that. And you're right; it doesn't really ever come up again. There's like one segment during the outro where you have to make a box. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you can pick it up, which is an ability you can unlock in the regular game, but is only the only the king has that ability. And mm-hmm. in... yeah, when it got to that part, I was like, was I able to do this the whole time and just didn't realize it? <laughs> yeah, it turns out no. But well, that makes me feel better about myself. Yeah. Um... Oh, the dark part. I, oh, yes. I agreed with what you said. Uh, the interaction. This is uh, to hark back to our conversation from. Hellblade from like a year and a half, two years ago, uh, when we talked about the mechanic that is in a bunch of horror games that is like just the, go darkness, the darkness zone. Yeah, the dark zone. So you go from light to light without, uh, uh, you know, dying is it, this is the exact same mechanic. Mm-hmm. Like there's no difference at all. Um, and so I don't have anything new to say about it. I just feel like it. It just it feels like appropriate, I guess, for the area. Like mm-hmm. uh I didn't like hate it, but it didn't do anything for me really. Yeah. But the first time I got hit by something in this game was a legitimate jump scare because oh, I yeah. had you no idea expect... you could get injured. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it works a bit better than the Hellblade dark light area thing. 
because this you're taking the light with you mm. so if you get stuck in the darkness it's like your own fault uh for not sticking close enough to the light but so i only ever got hit like maybe three times but um yeah even still though it's not super engaging yeah it's kind of moved from point a to point b mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and that's the part when I'm talking about the light to light area. Uh, that's before you get the little ball of light oh. that you kick around. See, I, I don't agree remember that's done so much better. Yeah, I don't remember being able to get attacked before the light ball area, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't remember if you could or not because mm. I don't think I got hit either. But because the path is really clear, yeah, which is exactly why it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that seems like it could have, I don't know, without actually like sitting down and trying to design something like that, but it seems like the dark area could have worked um, with like the paint thinner style mechanic where you take parts away mm-hmm. to be, to reveal stuff. Or even just like glow in the dark paint. Ooh, yeah, glowy paint yeah. could be really sweet. It seems like it would make it too easy, so there would have to be something. This is mm-hmm. probably why they didn't go make with Make it like a spray paint, so it only speckles, and you can't just get like a big blob. I can kind of see it. That reveals a bunch at once, like you can only do it more gradually. Giant Sparrow, get a hold of us? <laughs> yeah, you like <laughs> to get a hold of us. Um, the unfinished swan, too. Finished swan. The very finished swan. <laughs> Extremely finished. Uh, do you have anything else? Yeah, I, we could not go the whole time without bringing up the connection to Edith Finch. Oh, yeah. And talking about, um, in that game, you're playing as a character who's returned to a childhood home and figuring, or learning about how all of her relatives have died. Mm -hmm. And one of them is this character named Milton, um, who giant sparrow uses like an easter egg or a nod to this game the unfinished swan and the implication is that milton disappeared into a painting and is the king in this game right it's weird that i didn't uh think about that at all while i was playing oh yeah (laughs) i was looking for like something to like other references like maybe that might have been an edith finch that i didn't notice because i hadn't played the unfinished one but Mm -hmm. there weren't any that i noticed yeah it's uh i do like that um now that i'm like realizing it uh because i just didn't think of it for some reason Mm -hmm. uh the fact that he's the king and not the lead character is is an important like detail to making that make sense because in the um in his room in edith finch it has the picture with like the dude with the mustache and the crown right so yeah so i don't know there's no a kind of um clues or implications to him knowing any anyone uh like the kid's mom or what's his name monroe is the kid Yeah. yeah if him knowing any other people like that that would have been drawn into his painting or anything like that <laughs> right yeah i don't know there's a lot of stuff there that uh would be cool to sort of like look into i i guess the thing that it's calling into question for me is at the beginning of this game you as monroe go into a painting 
But you were definitely already a painting at the beginning because you were the child of a painting and a second painting. I I guess. So <laughs> I mean it is like a little like I said symbolic and fairy tale like. So yeah. you know. I mean that's just how well I guess you're not. You're the progeny of a of a, a painting and a and a man. <laughs> A dude from the real world who drew himself into a painting and mm-hmm. then had a child, and that is you in the in the okay. painting. So I think this so is a subworld going, situation. We're going layers deep here. Exactly, yeah. That's where, the, and that's all post Edith Finch lore. Because mm-hmm. like on the surface, Monroe would have just seemed like a regular guy, but here we are. The painted world of Milton <laughs> Finch. But yeah, I think we covered everything else. Unless you got anything. I cannot, for the life of me, think of an art-related term that starts with oh, an F. Oh, of course. <laughs> we have fresco thoughts. There we go. Dude, that's, this is why you're on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I would prefer it if it was just me alone doing the podcast. Uh, do we have fresco thoughts? Uh, I feel like we skewed a little negative in our discussion, um, and I think that's because we played Edith Finch first, so uh, I know it raised my expectations uh, <laughs> for this team, because I think Edith Finch is like exceptionally good for the kind of game it is, and um, yeah, and it's just like a really, it's one of those very, catchy is not the right word i did this on the last episode too um it's just a very evocative concept um and you can i think your your brain kind of goes a little wild thinking of all like the possibilities you things you could do with this paint mechanic blah 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 and it kind of goes in a different direction at least i know than what i expected so yeah it was this game is a good example of like a perception versus reality affecting your how you uh enjoy a game but when i try to separate myself from that this is an enjoyable um three hour experience um presentation is great like the kind of the paint visuals and then the second part has more of like a storybook look and um i do think it has a nice progression of like you feel like you really travel really far you get some looks of the city early on and there's one of the telescopes to let you look into the king's uh study and then you end up there at the end like that's cool mm. and um it's a great presentation some cool ideas in there they just didn't quite have that focus that uh other like great indie titles have and that's kind of like what i was wanting i guess so a good game that was marred a little bit by my own uh, personal experiences before I played it. So those are my unfinished thoughts. Nice. Um, I don't know. Speaking of great indie titles, uh, the unfinished Swan is a great indie game title. Uh, just as as it is evocative, like it's this, it makes you wonder what the game is actually about. If you've seen like the promotional images for it, you get like this idea about. You don't know what the Swan is all about, but you do know that there's this like 
white void aspect and you throwing paint and stuff to mm, uncover mystery discovery yeah and i think that is a thesis for this entire experience to some extent it's a game that feels like really great ideas that are put together almost in like a proof of concept kind of way where they took what was reasonably doable with the mechanics that they came up with set it to a pretty simple but charming story in a way to create like something that you can play through and maybe have your own ideas about as we've expressed on the over the course of this podcast so i definitely don't want to like come off as we shit on the game Mm -hmm. because i don't think that's really the case like neither of us did not enjoy the game but we did feel like there was more to be fleshed out and looking at this in comparison with edith finch you can see sort of like the idea of like they wanted they have an idea for a game but they don't want to focus on the same set of mechanics for the entire time and edith finch does the same thing with all of its vignettes whereas this game does it by changing up what your core like interaction is so i like it i'm glad that they continue to make games uh because as they go on i'm sure that like everything gets more polished and more interesting and uh edith finch had a great narrative as well as great mechanics and this game has kind of like a middle of the road for both but like an a plus idea so Mm -hmm. i do like it Thank you for listening to No Clip Pocket this week. What are we talking about next time? Next time, we're going to be talking about Minute, uh, spelled M-I-N-I-T, I I believe. Yes. Um, In order to coincide with the hat in time, Minute is a measurement of time. It's a loose association. Just fucking go with it. We do what we can. We couldn't think of a game about hats. (laughs) Okay? Other than Team Fortress 2. Yeah. Uh, So... Uh, join us for that one. Uh, I've heard incredibly mixed things about this, which is the kind of game I'm really excited to play. Yeah, I don't know if you mean that sincerely or sarcastically. Sincerely. But, okay. I, I like the contentious yeah. shit. Then I totally agree with you. Like, <laughs> I, I really want to check this out for myself. All right. Uh, and until that time, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com. Uh, there you can find all... All of our contact information, links to our Discord, our Twitter, the YouTube, all of our old episodes, uh, including our episode on What Remains of Edith Finch. Uh, I do and Splatoon 2. Fling <laughs> <laughs> and paint. Also a paint game. Um, have you... Uh... <laughs> yes, Chad? <laughs> have, you, have you seen the like button anywhere? I, I, I think I was working on it earlier, but I don't think I ever finished it. Uh, uh, you took that in a different direction, but that's fine by me. <laughs> we'll finish it up so we can smash it! The uh, podcast goblin turned all the knobs on the mixer. <laughs> <laughs>